Welcome to the Spiritual Father Podcast. I am Father Adam Carrico, and this homily was recorded on February 10th for the 5th Sunday in Ordinary Time, 11 a.m. Mass at St. Patrick Catholic Church, Louisville, Kentucky. The readings can be found at usccb.org forward slash Bible forward slash readings. There you will also find links to listen to the readings and watch video reflections on the readings. I encourage you to check those out. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. Mr. Northam, governor of Virginia, has a problem. And that problem only really partially has something to do with a photograph taken over three decades ago uh, featuring several young men, college men, uh, wearing blackface. That his problem uh, only really kind of begins there. Not to fail to mention uh, comments that he's made recently that indicate uh, his uh, lack of understanding of the dignity of human life from conception to, to natural death. But there's also uh, this photograph. And he has admitted at one point, well, that is me. And that's, I am one of those, those men. And then, well, then he's not. And then yesterday, uh, it, it's reported that he said, well, it can't be him in that photograph because all the men in the photograph are right-handed and he's left-handed. So it can't be him. And if, if you're like me, this silly back and forth just causes you to wonder, where in the world are we? How did we get here? I mean, and, and just to, to, to kind of be on the sidelines while all this is playing out, I, I feel how stuck he is. I can imagine on, on one hand his, his allies, those in his own party, are, are telling him, you know, don't admit to anything. It'll, it'll make you look weak. You can't, you can't show weakness. Don't do that. And then everybody else is just looking to discredit him just looking to push him out of the way to, to win a victory uh, for, for their side, if you will. And the truth, the truth in all of this is really only of secondary importance, if importance at all, really. It's more about winning and, and showing uh, who's morally superior, how easy it is to, to point at someone else's failures and say, well, at least I didn't do that. At least I wasn't so ignorant to have done something like that. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not defending him, I'm simply pointing out that he finds himself in the midst of a culture, of a society, that is obsessed with image. It's obsessed with how things appear, and we can't show weakness, we can't show uh, failure, because that doesn't look good. And if it looks bad, then we're going to have to avoid it at all costs. Uh, he is just simply trapped in the midst of this, and, and he's but an example of, of what it is like for all of us to a certain extent, I think, to live in that tension, that inability to simply say, as I would imagine that he could, you know, I don't remember. And maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I mean, he may have been I've, I've been to a couple college parties, I can imagine that perhaps really he truly doesn't honestly remember. Um, but it, that he could simply just say, that isn't a good idea. If I were to go back 30 years, I could say to that young man, don't do that. That's, that's ignorant. Just don't do that. But he can't. He finds himself stuck. 
can't kind of be honest with who and what he has, what he has done in the, in the past. This is the way of the world. We uh, are, are set in, in this image mode and the truth secondary. That it's, it's hard to admit to failure, to, to mistakes, and still be able to maintain the reality of, of what you're called to do. That, sisters and brothers, is not the kingdom of God. So there's this parallel. What it is like to live in the kingdom of God and in a kingdom in which we are invited and indeed called to recognize truly who we are and then to live out through that. Not necessarily even in spite of it, but through our sinfulness, our faults, our failures. This world is, is simply about image and not giving in to, to outside pressure. We have images of this, this parallel, this, this tension uh, throughout our readings today. We hear from the prophet Isaiah. He's, he is before the throne of God. The seraphim are flying around, terrifying creatures, uh, one of the highest ranks of angels, and he proclaims, I am a man of unclean lips, living amongst the people of unclean lips. He is admitting to the reality that and we don't even know what he has said in his past, but apparently he has said things that are not becoming of a prophet of God. He has said things that aren't of the word of God. And he admits that. He confesses his faults and his failings. And one of those seraphim flies to the altar of God and picks up a, a, uh, a charcoal, some, some uh, embers, and takes that ember and places it on the lips of Isaiah and declares that his lips are clean and that he is thus free from that. God then asks, who will go speak to my people on my behalf? And Isaiah, having been cleansed of his sinfulness, is free to proclaim, I will go. I will go and proclaim your word. As uh, a recipient of that grace, uh, to go and, and proclaim through his sinfulness, uh, through his past failures. It's a microcosm, really, of the Christian life, of what we do here. We confess our faults and failings. We recognize the reality that, especially before God, we don't amount to much. We are failure after failure, fault after fault, sin after sin. We confess those. We, we recognize our sinfulness. We receive from the altar of God that which gives us the grace to, to live our lives, uh, to, to receive the grace of God, to... Uh, conform our will to the divine will, and then we are sent out to proclaim that to the world, to, to tell people it's okay, it's all right to be human, it's, it's human to be human, it's, there's faults, there's failures, but God still works through you. This episode from Isaiah is uh, repeated in, in a sense uh, throughout the rest of our readings. We have Paul, who ad nauseum, really, that's kind of one of his things that he does. Paul admits time and time and time again, almost to the point where it's like, all right, Paul, we get it. You've, you are a sinful man. You are, you've done terrible things. You've persecuted the church. You're least of the apostles. He even says of one born abnormally, whatever that necessarily means for Paul, he is recognizing his um, weakness. He's recognizing that he is... Uh, especially compared to others, 
not all that great that he has failed and he will probably fail again. But the Christ is still working through him. He mentions a name, mentions the name of Cephas, which is interesting. We, we know him by another name and is, he's referred to by a third name in our gospel. That name is Simon. His, he is Simon Peter, also known as Cephas. He too, like Paul, has faults and failings. He denied Christ. I mean, he was told, Peter, you're going to deny me. No, Lord, I won't do that. And then he goes and does it. He's a failure. He denies Christ. He, he is human. He has his own sinfulness as well. Peter, Simon, Cephas, all of them together, uh, a witness to the reality that Christ is able to work through uh, individuals who have faults, who have failings, who don't do perfectly. We, uh, what, would it, what would it be like, I, I wonder, if, if the example of these, of these disciples of God, if a, if a politician were to even say something similar to, I am a man of unclean lips. I live amongst the people of unclean lips. I mean, what would that look like? The, the truth, the reality, the freedom that comes with recognizing who we are. And that that doesn't prevent us from doing good anyways. If we look further at our gospel, we see this episode in which these fishermen, uh, Simon, Peter, and his business associates, are a failure. They have come ashore after a hard day's work. They are cleaning their nets, probably heads held low and having caught nothing. They are fishermen who have caught no fish. You don't get much more of a failure than that. They have uh, not been successful in what they have said that they could do. Uh, in the eyes of the world, they are a failure. They have nothing to offer. And in the midst of that scene, a carpenter gets in their boat and tells them, to pull out into deep water. Now, when we proclaim the gospel, I think we, we automatically give it an angelic tone. But I want you to imagine, instead of Peter saying, Master, of course, uh, we'll, we'll do it. Instead, to hear Peter more as an angsty uh, teenager. Master, whatever, <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do, we'll go, whatever. We, we've worked hard. It's, it's pointless. What's the, what's the point? He basically says. But he does anyway. He does go out. They do go out into the deep water. They try again. They try one more time. It has been said by numerous individuals that the difference between a saint and a sinner is that a saint is a sinner who keeps trying, who goes back out and does once more. The deep water here is a, a, a microcosm, another example of the kingdom of God. You can't see God at work in the deep water. It's deep and dark. It's mysterious. It's unknown. It's also kind of dangerous. It calls us to a certain level of vulnerability. And this sinful man, Peter himself, he goes out with his, his uh, businessmen, with his associates, and, uh, and brings in a large catch of fish. Even though 
the world would have said he is a failure, that they are a failure, he has been able to do something successful. He proclaims to Christ, I am a sinner. And Christ doesn't admonish him. Christ doesn't say, you know, you're right. You are a, a, a worthless human being. He simply says, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Christ is asking each of us to try again, to recognize our faults and our failures, to receive from this altar the grace that we need to try again, to simply trust that even you, even I, are capable of trying once more and perhaps giving our will over to God and and performing great things for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of men, the kingdom of politicians, the kingdom of this world is not a place of freedom because we can't simply admit that we're human. But the kingdom of God is a place where we can. We admit our weakness and God doesn't disqualify us. God actually works through that. Let's open ourselves up to that reality, that vulnerability, and head out into deep waters where we can try again to build up the kingdom of God. I hope you have enjoyed this homily and have gained something from it. For more from Spiritual Father, please visit spiritualfather.org where you will find other homilies, blog articles, social media posts, as well as links to various projects. Thank you for the support. May our Lord and Savior bless you this day and every day to come.